Hello and welcome to episode 100, one, two, three. 123 of the Brugaders, uh, the, the League of Beer and Comics, uh, the Comic and Beer podcast, whatever you want to call us, uh, where we spend about 75 minutes, an hour and 50 minutes to an hour and a half chatting about beer and comics and all the other stuff we've been doing in both of those realms. This week, uh, I'm Jeff, this is David, this is a, a Glasgow Wellington football strip. Who were a, a who were a team founded in the lockdown, and um, I bought it because I thought it should be cool. You can't really see it on the screen, but um, I it's remember got, it's got a map. There you go. There's the, there's the Clyde. So it's got a yes. map of Glasgow, and uh, so there's the Duke of, is it the Duke of Wellington with his wee yes. cone. And then yeah, they were asking for squad numbers, and 123 is the best issue of the Flash ever. So and it just happens to be the same number of uh, episodes that we're doing now. So explains the tip. Uh, wonder why I've got like the podcast. Um, don't expect that every week. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, we're gonna blather. Um, we're gonna blather to um, Alan Holloway and Ed, whose second name I don't know because he hasn't put it down on his thing, and I've, I, I've not got my notes of it. But um, they are uh, they are the amazing lads behind the Sentinel comic, which uh, is a a series that that is trying to like re um introduce and sort of re-establish the glory days of starblazer so um which uh again I, I quite liked um i remember going to like my granddad's and he had copies of it because he read that in commando and i remember kind of like starblazer i preferred starblazer because it was the sci-fi commando uh for um i'm, I'm really new to kind of to starblazer i didn't know anything about it at yeah. all but um it, it sounds it sounds awesome i wasn't lucky enough to have a grandfather that that read it, unfortunately, um, but it does, it does sound cool. It's pretty cool, and you can pick it up now. Like, um, obviously, we because we go a bit with Colin, we um, I, I'm 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 more aware of how to get hold of Commandos than Starblazers, mm. but I, um, I'm looking forward to things like the 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 the, the comic mart that uh, Colin's helping organise in Glasgow at the end of March. Um, it's like a swap meet, and uh, I know Starblazers oh, yeah. are a main fixture of that as well. So, and pretty cool. So we bring them on a second. If you want, if you've got any questions for the last, please drop them in the comments. Uh, uh, yeah, and then we're, yeah, we'll talk about comics and beer, and then obviously some of the some of the more um, should, some of the stuff. Well. Should we also mention that yeah, the two old uh, fogies aren't with us tonight. It's just the young team representing YT. Yeah. YT. Do you get YTs in Glasgow? Yeah, I think you originated the YT, didn't you? Like, the YT. We're all young Hey, Dave. Um, and hey, Pete. Nice to see everyone. Please just uh, chat away and uh, chat to us and we'll, we'll, um, we'll welcome the guys in. So without further ado, please welcome Team Sentinel. Is uh, Ed on the bottom left? Yep. Yeah. And uh, on, the, on our bottom right, we've got Alan. Um, nice to see you guys. How are you? Hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the show. Um, yeah. Very glad to be here. So I'll just pour another another drink. Cheers. Cheers. Slender bar. Cheers. Um, uh, shall we get the beer chat out of the road just now? Just to, the, and then we'll go around. <laughs> and okay, kind of. We should, we, um, so, um, disclaimer, I'm the only one in the room re drinking beer. And I, <laughs> for, for different reasons, um, I think... Uh, David is is still uh, blaspheming as we speak, and I am. Uh, and Alan, uh, yeah, Splitter. 
I am drinking. I am still on my uh, first of all, Brew <laughs> Dog, which we don't like in this show, even though I've been drinking it ever since. Um, and it's punk as fuck or punky F, which is um, still yeah. alcohol free. Dan, Dan, Dan. As a beer and comics podcast, I think we have a duty of care to our watchers <laughs> creating another new generation of alcoholics or enabling continuing alcoholics, you know. So I am trying to represent the, the, the other side of, of um, beer drinking culture, which is the non-alcoholic stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I usually associate alcohol-free, well, traditionally I've always associated alcohol-free with... Um, Taste free, but I do know that like there's been more of an effort to ratify that. See, before post, I work in um, the the licensed trade. So before lockdown, before the first lockdown, a non-alcoholic beer was making a huge um, impact on on uh, consumers in in the pubs and in restaurants and in hotels and, and weddings and stuff. And um, after lockdown, it obviously just died away because everybody was just getting mad pushed. Um, but it was really, really making a big a big. Um, big mark on it, and they really, really changed it. They, they, there's a lot of good alcohol, non-alcoholic beers. Pretty much every single brand that ha- sells alcohol beer will have an alcoholic, a non-alcoholic um, uh, beer to go along with it. And I'll be honest with you, Brewdog stuff is pretty nice. It's one of the it's some of the better stuff out there, to be honest. So if you're looking for a couple of days off, um, or a couple of week or so off, whatever, drink some non-alcoholic beer. It's it, you know, it does give you that little. Two days, couple, couple of one night, two or three nights, just like oh, and it, and it kind of calms you down a little bit and stops you get out and getting absolutely pitched. But yes, so there you go. Thanks, um, that, thanks for David. Thank you for the most bizarre uh, advice you've ever given on the show. Um, <laughs> Alan, Alan is drinking um, something. I think he had you. Ha- um, you were talking about your uh, your duty of care there. I think um, I think Alan's <laughs> in a similar a similar boat in that because of. Well, his what I'd like to do is, is encourage all the young people watching this podcast uh, <laughs> to drink more cider because it's uh, obviously a better drink than beer because it's got less water in it, So, which means it's better by design. Um, I come from Bristol, so we drink a lot of cider is what we do. Awesome. There's a, lot beer, a lot of beer brewed around here as well, though. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, think that there's, I've discovered a brewery down Bristol We um, it's not a they're not a brewery called like the Bristol Brewing Company or something like that. There's yes, a, yeah, there is. They're incredible. Um, totally recommend their stuff. And Ed, you're drinking water. <laughs> is yeah. that right? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I don't drink, yeah. so yeah. yeah. Quite right, Ed. Quite right. You're the only sensible one in the room. <laughs> so Ed, the Irish one. He's got. I mean, the national traditions of the Scotch and the Irish. We got the two who aren't drinking. <laughs> so um, guys um, I've I've been aware of your work for a long time um, of, 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 a, because as uh, we're, we're on a podcast where we look at um, what's happening in sort of the independent scene particularly the independent comic scene and you guys are making quite a bit of noise and, and uh, all positive and all really really exciting so I just wanted do you want to tell us who you are <laughs> and yeah who are you? Who's behind um, is Sentinel? What is Sentinel, and uh, where do you plan to go with him? Um, uh, well, you've been nominated. Yeah, um, that wasn't very fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alan's like, a bottle of cider down there. He's kind of like, mm. uh, yes, yeah, Sentinel came about uh, because of my love of Starblazer. I used to collect it when I was a young lad, 
And I said to Alan, why don't we, you know, bring out a 64-page comic? And uh, he was a bit apprehensive at first, uh, but he uh, he took the challenge and we came up with the first issue. Nice. Uh, I, I said to Ed, he just sent me a message because we'd done several short comic strips together by that time. Mm. And we got on and he said, oh, let's bring back Starblazer in that lovely action. Uh, and I said, Ed, I've never written a comic before, <laughs> which I haven't. I've only written five, six pages. And so we just thought, well, see what comes out. And I went away and wrote six pages of comic, which would you know, hopefully serve as an introduction to a story. I have no idea what that story would be. It was just about a guy in a bar and he picks a fight with a really, really big alien and ends up kicking him in, kicking him in the box. And that would be it. So but to see how I drew it and see how the dialogue went. And it worked out quite well. And we put it onto um, Facebook because uh, we weren't on Twitter at the time. Or I wasn't. And we uh, and the reaction was like, yeah, go for it. And of course it is because they don't want to do the bloody work, have they? And <laughs> we ended up just, um, I, wrote, I basically used that as a, as a, a bookend and uh, then wrote a story in the middle. And then finished it with another six pages, which carried on from the intro. So we got a story in the middle where he meets his psychic, who was going to be a bad guy. And as I wrote it, I didn't want him to be a bad guy, so he became a good guy. And that's how I write. Um, I have a, a basic idea. And I sit down, hammer away at it, and it all changes. I, I liked it. So um, that that is um, in Sentinel One, isn't it? Where the um, where the, where it is is it keeps calling the wee guy. We call I did it myself. Shortly, the the Mm. He's got um, he's got that unpronounceable name, and they just become mates. As that was it's, it. It's not it's not unpronounceable if you've ever heard the Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, which is known as Rahelastopa, which is what I was listening to the day I wrote the story, <laughs> and I couldn't think of a name for the alien, so I just used it as a placeholder, and it stayed, and it became a sort of running joke that no that Doyle can't pronounce his name, and not from people who review it. Seriously, no. Everyone goes, Rah, Rah, Yeah, well, that's I'm, I'm all, all day yesterday trying to figure out how to, how, to, how to say it, and I'm just like, I've got no fucking idea how to say it. <laughs> yeah. no the, the only people who know it are those that have listened to the podcast <laughs> or seen one of these interviews. And yeah, I, it, it, it does. Um, in, in the follow-up, the uh, Hell on Harry Housen, uh, Doyle does say it properly at one point. Right, okay. Cheers again, part of the joke. <laughs> um, well, like I said, I was reading the first issue. You sent the guy, sent it over to us all yesterday, the day before or whatever. And I read the first issue yesterday. And I, uh, I read it while I was in work, a um, very quiet uh, day. And it was great. I really, really enjoyed it. And it just, um, I, I, I rattled through it really, really quickly. And that's a, as far as I'm concerned, that's a sign of uh, something I'm enjoying. Um, if I, I always go with the attitude of a Put it down and don't really go back to it. I'm not really that enjoying it much, you know. But I read it straight away, watching it with my boss, making sure he wasn't coming in. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, it was really good. There was a few uh, cool uh, scenes, for example, the slingshot scenes. <laughs> that came out. I know. Well, the three testicles. Yeah. Again, that just came out <laughs> as I wrote it. It's well, don't think it came out nowhere. <laughs> um, the point, the part of the point of um, all of the issues, the way that I try and write them, is that it is something you just want to go read in you know five ten minutes enjoy put down but not it ne they never slow down 
there's not one where it's got like four pages of talking or things like that. Something's always happening or just about to happen in, in each issue. So it's supposed to be a comic you pick up and you just, hey, this is fun, put it down. Yeah. You, haven't, you probably haven't learned anything, but you've had fun. <laughs> or the certain aliens have three bollocks. That was uh, yes. <laughs> um, no, but uh, no, I think um, I, I obviously um, when we, we, we've chatted before, and obviously like you, you've mentioned in sort of elevator pitch kind of conversations that um, Sentinel is you know it, it's a it's an homage to Starblazer and comics like yeah. that in the in the series, yeah. and that, that that's that's something I would uh, amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna solo screen you, Ed. So yeah, keep yeah. That held. there yes. we go. Perfect. <laughs> Um, fourteen pence, eh? Um, yeah. But uh, what what I would say about um, what I would say about uh, Starblazer is exactly what you've just described, Alan. It's that whole you know, it's it's designed to be it's it's designed to be oh, put the wrong one up. Yeah. I imagine it's designed to be picked up and uh, and read quite quickly. And um, because I don't know, there's there's so much uh, there's so much excitement in the um, and there's so much other competing comics and things to read that. Okay, I'm just sorry. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to make a point while basking in the the glory of a uh, of Alan Sentinel. But um, yeah, I think uh, um, certainly what uh, Alan describes about that sort of breezy pace is something that I that I always kind of reflect on when I think of Starblazer. It's very. It's just yeah. a, a unique comic, you know. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk so, about unique. There, uh, no Alan. Alan mentions there that he met you in a public toilet at Bristol railway station. I think there's a story there. <laughs> yeah, I've not met Ed yet. Um, that was a different Ed in the uh, public toilet at railway station. And the guy, the guy, the guy held on to me so hard from behind, he ripped my ears off. Uh, hence, I have no ears. <laughs> it's weird. Other people, <laughs> I, camera. I don't know how I'll keep the glasses on with these things. What's the dynamic between money, you? Yeah, yeah. What's what's the dynamic between you? So, like, uh, Alan, do you write the all every issue? And Ed, yeah. Are you the artist, or what's the yeah. crack? Well, it, it started out. It was just going to be me and Ed, and we maybe do a couple of year if we could, because he's he's very fast as an artist. Ed really does go through these things pretty quick. Um, and I can write them, you know, give me, um, I get an idea, I spend a few days fleshing it out in my head, and I can write it in a couple of days. You know, if I just did it solidly, it takes about maybe 10 hours to write an issue. And um, we did the first one, and people started asking if they could come and play. So we had Ian Beadle, was uh, someone Ed knew online, right, Ed? Ian? Yeah, really. And uh, Ian had never done a comic strip before. <laughs> And so I let him practice on a Judge Dredd script I'd written for Zajaz. I hadn't submitted it yet. And I said, well, see what you can do with this. And he really did a great job. So I submitted it to, to Zajaz with Ian's art. And they accepted it as it was. Well, they don't normally do that. <laughs> and they printed it with Ian's art. And it looked great. And so we set him on um, our, what was going to be our second issue. But um, Ian wasn't very fast. doesn't matter. He's very good. Uh, that was a 1980-set horror story called Misty Moore about a teenage girl. And then we have Paul Spence, who is basically Massimo Bernardo Ali reincarnated. Seriously. <laughs> he is a complete fan of Massimo and can draw in his style I mean, uh, completely. Uh, and so I wanted to write something that would suit what he does and so he'd enjoy it. 
So I wrote, um, <laughs> who's Alan Noyes, you fucker? <laughs> so I um, wrote, so I wrote a, a story about a taxi firm or rival taxi firms in space. So it was, mm. um, it wasn't a takeoff of Ace Gart, but it was the same sort of humor with yeah. no human, all, all aliens, no humans. So we could design aliens. And what you notice with that issue, um, it's called um, A Fair to Remember, as in a taxi fair. Uh, I, I do a lot of puns. Uh, is in the background of a lot of the panels, he just puts little jokes and little things like Massimo used to do. Um, he did a few commissions for people as well on it. And I've got to say, he's, he's one of the most astounding comic artists I've seen who had never done a comic before. He just done, again, like Ian, he just did pinups and sketches of various characters or maybe a short, and he, he actually did do his own Ace Garp story, which was really good. Um, so, yeah, Paul's now doing one called um, Heartbreak Spotel. A Spotel is a space hotel. Uh, <laughs> not in the universe, because it, it didn't catch on. And this is, again, a roughly, very roughly described as 40 Towers in Space. Um, with a lot of it. There, there's a recurring character from the taxi one, uh, though you don't have to have read, read it at all. And um, sort of like, there's this 40 Towers references put in just for people that like 40 Towers to notice. Yes. Not that it's <laughs> yeah. Quality. So, I think mean, there'll be a Mrs. Richards who was in um, communication problems, think names, things like that. Yeah. And the, man, the manager, instead of having a wife, uh, he's got a clone, and both clones hate each other. So he's like a very, an incredibly loveless marriage in that way. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> Ian, uh, Ian's done Dark Matter because he, he said he wanted to do another issue and he said he was fed up of drawing teenage girls. <laughs> he said he didn't want any more bras at all. Uh, and so uh, we wanted a um, space mercen psychic mercenaries in space. So there's a team of five, so you got to design the characters from obviously my outlines uh, they all got different powers and different, you know, different look about them, and that yeah. went very well. Um, interesting. I don't know if there's, any, if there's any writers out there. Hopefully, there will be. I bought um, this. It's a Narata deck. Uh, what it is is a lo loads of cards inside here, and you you can pick a plot. Um, hold up, the Narata. It, it basically will help you think of a plot for a, a story. Or obviously worse than comics too. So they give it's, it rather than it doesn't lay out a story from bit 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 by bit, but it gives you an inspiration for a story, and that being the inspiration for Dark Matter, made very rough, but it sort of, it, it kickstarts your uh, your writing. And it works quite well. So we call the uh, there's um, the evil corporation uh, in the comic is the Narata Corporation. Oh, cool. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. And, and, and I'm right in saying that each um, issue uh, is, a, is a different story completely. So you could you could technically just go in and see, you know, if there's like a, a random issue three Sentinel somewhere in a random comic book shop, you could pick that up and you'd yeah. be totally fine. You wouldn't, it, it, you know, it's not connected in any way. It's completely standalone. Yeah. There's only two issues that are connected, which is one and seven. And still there are separate stories. You know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean the whole point again. The whole whole point was um, you get a lot of uh, well anthologies. You know, we know there's like even like 2000 AD, and there are uh, indie anthologies as well. Um, the frustrating part for me is a sort of three or four month gap between them. Um, no. I mean, even things like Shift that are in the newsagents, 
I found myself buying Shift and not reading them, and then which I've got ten and reading all ten in a row. That's <laughs> yeah, we, we talk about that with our two thousand ADs. That's that's a, that's my two thousand AD tactic. Wait two months. Yeah. So we wanted something where where a you could just back it and not have to buy the other ten, or b yeah, if you like say if you see one or you just want to try one, you can try one and you'll get a whole story. You don't need to have read any of the others. The um, Doyle and Rahelisper issue seven does have a few like editor's notes you know as seen in the issue one um you know all you really should buy it things like that but it's completely easy to follow it if you uh didn't read issue one well alan new years has asked a question so ed how long did it take you to draw the first issue uh i think it's about two months wow it's pretty big though isn't it it's um, that's that's the quick considering yeah Yeah. that's amazing tell them what you're doing now ed yeah, I'm doing another 64-page uh, issue, percentile issue strip, and it is uh, traditionally drawn this time around. So that's just mm-hmm. the first page. Of it. You see? Oh, nice. Um, it's called uh, Valhalla Saw, which is basically Vikings and dinosaurs uh, in story. So that's, that's the best to... name of a comic I've heard in ages. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it took me longer to think of the name than it did to write the issue. <laughs> Sometimes that's the case, though, isn't it? But Valhalasaur, that will do nicely. There's also a surprising additional plot device further on in the issue that we don't want to spoil. Uh, but it's like no one has ever written a comic um, with the themes that this comic has got, ever. Ooh. <laughs> uh, we, did a, we did a superhero one called uh, To Be a Hero, and I didn't want to do a normal superhero book because... I like superhero books, but it's all been done. Uh, and yeah. I just had an idea where the whole thing, it's a series of, um, I think, about five vignettes. Uh, and the artist, Andrew, um, I've got Andrew's bloody surname. Uh, <laughs> Andrew did it in different styles as well. So one was like a Jack Kirby style and things like that. Oh, but those yeah. vignettes basically blur into each other. So at the end of the first one, the last panel, the next person will be reading that in a comic book. So it moves on that way. And one of them, it'll finish on a scene, and then someone will be watching that scene on a TV to read it. Ah, yes, yes. And Very at the cool. end of it, the first page is the same as the last page. So it's completely circular. So, I mean, I know circular storytelling isn't a new thing, but yeah. it's pretty unique in the uh, in that sort of, uh, in that genre. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that's more than the really what's happening that one. It's amazing, I've written, so that's nice. Mm, um, um, uh, I've got loads of questions here, but I'm just also like, um, I'm, thank you to everyone that's firing them in. So please can comment if you guys are happy to answer them. I'm quite happy to read them out for you. Pete, so, Pete, hi, Pete is saying, uh, are there plans for a color digest? We just did one, that was issue five. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the only one we're going to do. Yeah. Tell them the story behind that one, Ed. I need a drink. So, that's based on a, <laughs> that's based on a comic that I drew many years ago well painted many years ago it took me about four months to paint it and basically when it got printed the actual the actual reproduction was terrible it was very uh, faded out washed out so we decided to manipulate it and put it into uh, an issue of sentinel and it turned out, turned out very well very well i mean I, i've got a copy of it um it was called was it just called Kazana or the Slayer? 
Uh, it was called uh, Kazana and the Legion of Chaos. Of course, it's uh, yeah. Indiana Jones film, that sounds like. Um, yeah. So what it was, I it actually sent me a copy um, early on in our you know relationship, and it was a, a normal-sized comic. Um, but yeah, the, the the printing was very washed out. It wasn't great. And again, he comes up with these stupid ideas, and I go, yeah, okay, Ed. And uh, <laughs> what should we do? Um, I'll be honest, um, the problem I had with it was it wasn't that well written, and a lot of it didn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it didn't really tell the reader what was going on. And the Kazana was never mentioned by name in the whole thing either, even though that's his name. So I had to sort of, so I went through it. I said, that, yeah, we can do it. And I basically, I, I, Ed's, yeah, <laughs> I looked through it. Um, through my copy and said to Ed which panels we should put on which page because obviously from that size to that size we had to work out you know le less than the panels per page mm. and I rewrote the dialogue uh, not all of it but most of the dialogue and added um, uh, descriptions as well <laughs> and to ju just to sort of be able to make sense of what's happening so it turned out a bit uh, more readable and the color was like rid ridiculously better it was uh it was the, the color just really shines out and it makes you realize how good the original was um because ed literally just rediscovered that he had all these painted uh painted pages it was ridiculous <laughs> and it's like he yeah. showed me when he showed me when i saw the real color of them i couldn't believe it because i thought the paintings the original paintings were just quite muted but they were they were great but uh the vow is never again but you never know when painted a full 20, you know, Marvel size, you know, comic, uh, 24 pages of it in three months. Three or four mm. months. I mean, that's mad. That is totally mad. Um, that's basically doing a pin up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 is, so black, you're, you're sticking with black and white, is basically what you're, yeah. what you're seeing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they could be coloured, but it does put the printing costs up quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Of uh, and I, I, to be honest, I, I like the black and white. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the first issue I read, I really don't think it needs any color. Black and white, I mean, you read black and white comics all the time, it looks really, really good. So, yeah, 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 I don't think it needs color. I think it's great the way it is. I mean, Ed can't, Ed, Ed does the lettering and he can't do the bloody coloring as well. <laughs> uh, it just, yeah, it just adds another layer of, um, you know, another layer of things that you need to do and someone else you need to bring in. And, it, you know, it's, it's more time consuming, it can be difficult. Yeah, yeah, I totally understand. I get that. Uh, there are plenty of comics that feature Vikings and dinosaurs, but we have got a third, a third element which uh, they haven't. That's all we're saying because we don't want to ruin it for people. Yeah, Donald saying that there in a lot of gold and silver age comics featuring Vikings and dinosaurs. Are any of them called Valhalla Sword though? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just. Uh, some amazing questions in the um the comments please uh keep them coming i'll just keep firing them up as quick as i can but um yeah um i apologize if that's taking a bit longer than i than intend to um alan's asking you if there's any plans for a movie script absolutely well, not <laughs> awesome it's a, complete, it's a completely different um different discipline to write uh scripts for, for films or tv i enjoy writing comics because i've read comics all my life uh, I've not studied movies or TV apart from sitting and watching them. It is different. Um, I, I think that uh, something like Scales of Justice or with Romans and Dragons would make a cracking TV series, but I wouldn't be able to write it. Hmm. I think it's it's never normal. Right. 
sorry, Jeff, it's never normally the same writer that would, would write your comic that would write a, a movie script anyway. Any, anything that gets adapted to TV or film, it's always a different writer that would take over. And yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, apparently he wrote um, the Super Crooks. He did have a hand in writing the series, and that was very good. I enjoyed that. But most yeah. of his stuff, someone takes it and butchers it a bit. Yeah, yeah. I've not actually watched it yet. I'll need to give that a try. Um, that, what, that's what, really good. I'll give it a check out. What, what, do you guys have a background in comics? Have you been working in comics for a long time? What's your history with writing with comics, or what's uh, the crack? We, we, um, was, what, when, when, when did we do the Gronks, Ed? Uh, 2018. Right. So 2018 was my um, was when we did was it a Gronk story from 2018 for Sept 13, an yeah. Irish 2018 fanzine, and that's how we met. They put us together, and um, that I before that I'd written um a few things for Zajaz, uh, Dog Breath, uh, psychedelic journal of time travel. And about 12 years ago, I think it was, my first strip was a one-page Dr. WTF for Owen Watts in a fanzine. Um, so I didn't. I only did uh, four or five in sort of six or seven years, uh, five or six years. And then um, in about 2018, 17, 18, I decided to try and do it a bit more. No, um, my first um, thing that wasn't a, um, a short story. That's also, uh, I like the Zarjaz ones; were very nice. Um, so he's a relatively, re relatively new um, in the game, really. And to be honest, oh, totally. to, to have started from basically 2018, if you like, with the two of these met together to have released 11 issues in 20 up until 2022. That's yeah. really fucking good going. Well, do you have a full time job? Are these guys on the dole, or what's the yeah. crack here? Oh, full time job. <laughs> he's both of a full time job. Yeah. I've got a comic shop, uh, so when it's quiet, I can write. Nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. Coming, I can do it. That's absolutely <laughs> incredible. Um, I'm going to, before we, um, thank you for, I'll read out as many of the um, questions that are coming up as uh, as we go. But um, I just, this um, we've talked about issue 11 a few times, and um, Stephen is saying congratulations on getting to issue 11, and obviously it's fully funded. Would you like to talk about what's happened? With, if, oh, here we go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Go uh, carry on. Carry on. <laughs> oh no, no, absolutely. I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, solo Alan just now because uh, is that a show living that you have in your on your fingers? That's Helen Harry House and the Return of Doyle and Rahel Slipper. Oh, amazing! Excellent. So that's oh, and what we got there. It's a superhero one to be a hero. Yeah. Um, a fair to remember. That's Paul Spence. So my camera's not great, is it? No, you're all right then. But that one, that was our first alternative cover. Which mm. uh, stole that. You can't buy that anymore. That's uh, Stephen Austin, who does 2000 AD sometimes. Very nice guy. Met at um, the Lawless Convention one year. Awesome. Oh, right. yeah, are you going to Lawless yeah. this year? That was a, a wraparound by uh, Neil Sims uh, from uh, Newcastle, who is a stunning artist. Yeah. yeah, that's the cover I recognise, actually. That's, uh, uh, I recognize your that. project has been a doing Cthulhu on a surfboard. Oh, so good. You're just like a total idea machine. Like, and, uh, Whether you know or not, like, there's been so many things you said tonight were just like, let's get dinosaurs and Vikings and Cthulhu and surfboards and 
Is this it like came, It generally came from being a fan of Mark Miller. <laughs> um, seriously, because what he does is elevator pitch comics. So um, he did one called Huck, and the the pitch is one of those across between Captain America and Forrest Gump. And it's like, boom, there's a comic. So a lot of his are elevator pitches. Obviously, you've then got to go and write it. Uh, what if there's a guy like Flash Gordon who actually went to an alien planet and saved their civilization, and now 50 years later, when nobody's believed him, they've come back to him, take him back to save it again. And that's one of yeah. his you know, Starlight, which is a really good comic. Yeah, that's uh, iconic. I'll be honest, I mean, uh, his 2000 AD stuff wasn't anything to write home about, um, but Mark Miller's probably the, um, my favourite writer <laughs> these days because he just writes fun comics that you just have a ball reading, and that's what I want to try and do. Fair play. I'll need to delve in, uh, deeper into Mark Miller by the sounds of things. Uh, I know he's kind of mainstream stuff. I didn't realise he'd written all that. I obviously knew he, he worked for 2000 DD, but uh, yeah, those things. Uh, we do take the piss out of him the issues as well. Um, uh, so, sorry, one of his classics from his early comics was always someone's got superpowers or having a fight. And um, the amount of times that they said, hey, that actually hurt. Because they'd actually been hurt, hit hard, and so um, I put that in uh, issue seven. And little Rahelis was says, "Who writes your dialogue? It's Mark Miller, isn't it?" Just a bit. Like, yeah. No one will get it except. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it, I can tell if I'm reading a comic and it's his. I can usually tell, even if I didn't know he'd written it. Right, but okay. I, love, I love dialogue, and he writes such fun dialogue. Well, he's from Glasgow. You see, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to pop up onto our screen uh, the Kickstarter for issue 11 because you, you are currently Kickstarting. Yeah. Um, fully funded in four hours, did you say, Ed? Eight, was it? Eight. Eight hours. That's incredible. That's amazing. Um, so here we are, though. Um, Sentinel Comics issue 11, Dark Matter. I say fully funded. 22 days left to go. So you are like so funded. <laughs> we got to have Ian time to finish it. That's, that's amazing. Um, how did you, so, how do you find the Kickstarter? We 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 have we constantly we we frequently sorry have guests on with um, Kickstarters or Kickstarter experience. How have you found the medium? Obviously, you guys are using that ten times. I've, I've, I've never used it before. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was a bit of a learning process, um, but I find it quite easy. Um, you know, it works. You can get it out there. Uh, they're thinking of changing things sometimes. You know, sometimes. But the changes they make are usually uh, quite good. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's pretty good. Um, they can now do add-ons, which they didn't used to do. Yeah. So for this one, we did a separate add-on for every other issue in digital form. Because our publishers set also do the postage, we can't do add-ons for separate issues because they're all stored with, in uh, in my shop. Hundreds of them. <laughs> so that's how, how, do, how do you know someone makes indie comics? Just look in their storeroom. There'll be lots of comics in there they haven't sold. <laughs> yes, that's so, so okay. well, Yeah, we want to do conventions um, as well. You know, now they're back. So we're doing Lawless in um, um, March, I think, March or May. Uh, yeah, in yeah. Uh, I've done the Coven Coventry, which was good fun. And we're doing, what's the one we do at the end of the year, Ed? Uh, ice. The Ice. Ice. Uh, Russell, Shane Chesby. Yeah. Yes. That's the one. Yeah. So, yeah, it's about getting it's not, 
what we say to people, I mean, we see um, artists online. It's always the artists who go, okay, I'll do you. We'll, I'll do someone's comic for two hundred dollars a page. It's always American artists. Um, the reason we did this is because we like comics and we wanted to make a comic. Yeah. We didn't want to make money, but the object was to um, not lose money. Yeah, I didn't want to start paying for my own comic. So, and so far, we've been fine at that. And um, when people came on board and said we'd like to do, we want to do it as well, we explained to them it's not about making money. And um, they've all, and to a man, they've all gone, all right. Not to a woman because we haven't had any any uh, women come up yet. But we don't have a problem. Don't care who you are as long as you love comics and uh, can draw. You know what? That that's the way to go. See if you've got that attitude, and it's a case of like you said, you don't. As long as you don't lose any money, you just want to, you know, uh, make enough money in order to make the next book. Uh, I yeah. think that's yeah, that's pretty much the same attitude as I've got as well. It's like um, the, the story, the the line I hear all the time when you listen to different podcasts and speak to different people like yourself is, um, "There's no money in comics." <laughs> you know, well, just, there is, you know, I mean, people might say, "Oh, do you wish you worked for you wrote for Marvel or DC?" Like, yeah, of course I do, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, well, I would also love if someone just came along and says, "Here's a million quid," you know, he'd be like, "Great, thanks." Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Realistic. I mean, um, exactly. I've got a, a a few friends in. I do music journalism, and um, some of our friends in bands. And as a band, uh, I call Vega. They're on their sort of sixth or seventh album. Um, they always get great reviews. They they tour around the country in Europe as well. And every single one of them has got a proper job. Because they couldn't make a living out doing their music, Maybe but they love, they love giving people pleasure through their music. Yeah, that's and really that's why like like a lot of musicians, we do it because we love it, not because we want to make a fortune. If we make a fortune accidentally, we're absolutely fine with that. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Hundred percent. I love that you've used. You've mentioned the band thing as well. It's like uh, I always kind of refer to making comics with people like playing with each other in a band. Uh, yeah, I think that's the, the best way to go about it. And there's, there's, I know a lot of uh, skint musicians, <laughs> so I feel like uh, being part of the comic <laughs> game is pretty much just the same thing. Definitely equal partnership, Karen. Just so you know, <laughs> I just talk more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, neither of us could do it without the other. Apologise for people that have posted. I'll, I'll fire up the messages as they go, but they, they were, I am about ten minutes behind because I have. So I apologise, guys. There's, uh, been, there's been loads of messages. I know. So let's go for it. So John, John's asking: Is the third element a female Nubian warrior? Well, it is now. Thanks, John. No, no, no sorry. Wait, <laughs> <Good>, John. <laughs> uh, would you? Um, Pete's asking: Would you consider working with our comic team? Yeah, we both we both do. We both have. Mm -hmm. oh, amazing. Um, I'm happy to write. I don't mind because it's easy for me because it's uh, what I do doesn't take as long. But um, we've both got no problems with the other person uh, doing something with other people. Do what you enjoy. But yeah. Ed really likes my scripts, and if I could get Ed to draw every script I do, I'd be quite happy. <laughs> That's a good partnership to have, to be honest. Like uh, me, me and me and David talk about this quite a lot as writers. Yeah. We, um, it's China, you know. Um, more, more, uh, more. I would, I would argue more Alan and Ed, but like, it's a, it's a good, it's a good relationship to have. Alan. <laughs> uh, I wish I had an, I wish I had an amazing artist who was my pal and was an equal partner in my work. It would make life quite a lot easier when it came to making comics. Um, yes, I and tell the telling the stories I want to tell the way I want to tell them. Um, so that's amazing. I, I'm really happy for both of you. 
Dave's asking uh, um, if you have any thoughts on having a summer special or annual with a larger size. Possibility. Whoa, silence oh. in the ranks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's all, everything is a possibility. Um, I did start writing a double-sized one, which would take characters from various issues, bring them all together for a single story, a crossover story. Ooh. And yeah, 28 pages long. And it, I'd want, or wanted the artists involved in the other stories to do their own characters on the, on each page, even if they're yeah. both in the same panel as somebody else. So that was really ambitious. So that got shelved. Um, yeah. Large size, we need a larger size. Um, we've got so many full length stories in the works that the artists haven't got time to do a special one. Yeah. But I do, I do love annuals. Um, just what Dave mentioned there, I love the. Uh, I did like the seventy-seven annual. It was very nicely done and a lot of oh, good stories too. Good. And uh, the comic scene annual, and there was a wallop annual as well. So, I just it just brought me back to when we got an annual at Christmas, and uh, it was good to see. It's good to see these publications. Because we, we we talked to Ben about that, and he said like it was a total labor of love. For them to do the annual because uh, it's not that yeah, annuals are not you know there's a there's a nostalgia and a catharsis. Yeah, it's old people. You see an annual, you just get the uh, you get feelings. Yeah. I mean, as was uh, was a wonderful move. Uh, so how did you feel, um, Alan? Sorry. Oh, well, no, no, it's, it's a fantastic idea. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple of uh, you know a couple of similar ones. Comic scene did one. Which me and Ed were in, which um, uh, we did, we put a story into theirs with a local uh, business here at a, a short story competition, a 500 word story competition for I think it was kids up to 12. And they asked me to be one of the judges. And mm -hmm. I said, Look, if um, I'm, I'm happy if to pick the, whichever story wins, me and Ed will make it into a comic. I did ask Ed, and he was okay with it. <laughs> and so the winning story actually did was a science fiction story, and so we I, I wrote it as a I think five or six page comic. Ed illustrated it, so we was just really going to do it and give it to the kid. And yes. in the end, comic scene put it in their annual, which was fantastic for him. And uh, his, his mum's an English teacher, and uh, they're, they're a really nice family. And so uh, you just imagine what it was like for you as a kid if. Someone had done that when you were twelve because you wrote yes. a short story, and uh, yes, and we also were able to give them some money for it as well. Then, which is great because yeah, um, that's brilliant. That's, that's contributors awesome. got a bit of cash, so we split it three ways and gave them some. That's amazing. Good stuff. Well done. Uh, Steve is asking how many Funkos Ed's yeah. got. I'm glad to ask that, Steve, because I wanted to ask the same question. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, twenty-four. Oh, nice. Yeah, twenty-four. Well, ten-inch. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, Alan asking, uh, how would you how do you criticize work? How do you know when something is good enough? Mm. Um, I don't. You just. I I always uh, ask everybody in our group to read. Uh, I've written a script. Read it, and those that bother always go, "Yeah, it's great," and that's really all you've got. Um. Obviously, as you, as you see the pages come in, uh, you can make edits. But generally, I'm happy with what I do. 
Uh, is Pete asking if you've got any plans for Crackpot issue two? In the works. <laughs> it's a slow so, process. Uh, it's like herding cats. Oh, really? Yeah, it's doing really? a because of all the different um, different artists. Um, we're happily welcome back um, any, anybody who wanted on issue one and anyone who wants to do it. You know, I mean, I, I did write, I wrote most of issue one, but only because there was no one else stepped up to do it. But it's quite, it, it was fun writing stories like I used to read in Monster Fun and Wizard and Chips. So we didn't, what we tried to do was have classic style strips, but with a modern edge to them. So the uh, you know technology things like that, but like the old comic strips rather than uh, what's in the Beano now, which is really good. I like the Beano. Mm. Yeah, you can't go wrong with the Beano ever. Uh, yeah, Beano and Phoenix—they're uh, they're so well written. I mean, I can't uh, you know I can't match up to that, but uh, we it was fun doing it. Not very many people can, to be fair. I mean, they've no. been going for years and years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So great stuff. Even just to get even like that tiny little bit close to them, I think, is an achievement. Mm. So, well done. <laughs> but, um, Kieran's saying that Alan, uh, Alan's work is reminiscent of John Wagner. He's a big influence. Yeah. Really yeah. big influence, John Wagner. Um, mostly because he puts he's, um, he puts a lot of dark humour. Uh, again, John Wagner is, for me, the definitive British uh, 2008 writer. Uh, right. I mean, Rock of the Reds is uh, most recent uh, independent one was fantastic. Marvelous Marvelous. Although he, he obviously does good just dreads with epics. My favorite John Wagner is when he does the single issue dreads, which they work so well. And he writes, you know, he's, he's a, a masterclass again. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I write like him. Uh, I think I, I think I'm generally I think I'm more like Miller in the way I do things. But um, when I did um, a couple of dreads for Zajaz, I tried to make them like Wagner did them. So you got a nice short story, compact, with a pun at the end of some sort, usually. It, I like this whole like when you're saying like you know that your influences in that, and then and how and what inspires your writing. Because um, I had a similar conversation with somebody recently that asked me about my comic writing, and I couldn't really put my writing down to anyone other than Michael Bay. <laughs> And then, and then and I killed the conversation because it was shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I had to pick, it would be, be, be uh, Wagner, Mark Miller, and Brian uh, Garth Ennis a little bit, and Brian Bendis. But Brian Bendis and if for the um, dialogue, Mark yeah, Miller, yeah. For the, um, the pictures, Joel Wagner for just being a, the best comic writer ever. And <laughs> um, I don't, yeah, I'm not as good as any of them, and I, pro I don't ever will be, but I enjoy it, and people enjoy reading it and that's the important thing yeah if it was shit, fine fair enough and not everyone loves it but most people seem to and that's that's uh for me that's an achievement um i've got a couple of, um andy i'm going to come back to andy's message just in a second but yeah, just on the job wagner chat uh our colin couldn't be with us this evening because he is actually on interview yeah. duties elsewhere and he's been interviewing a former guest of the podcast dan cornwall who, who who's been drawn rather like rocky reds and Colin can correct me because I was going to mention it, but I'm sure did John Wagner write the Judge Dread that Dan Cornwall drew last year about? Um, yeah, he, he tends to write Paul Johns. He did. There was a story last year that I think me, I mean David talked about where it was. Um, it was a it was a, a 
one of the mutants had like the ability to see yeah, like x-ray vision you could see under people's clothes so they had them as like a security guard yes, and then there was this one uh, yeah. so, so dread the whole issue was just running around in the, in, in the naked basically yeah yeah yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah dan um he's one of those artists um he was a, a part-time artist but he's a bus driver and john basically helped him make the leap into throwing his job in and becoming a full-time artist and you can see his um over his first sort of 12 months doing that how his style got better and better i mean dan has turned from a good artist to a really good artist and i love i did really like seeing that and he's a re i remember seeing him um again at the lawless when he was just sort of starting out and still working and it's nice to meet these people when they're on the way up if you like and oh, totally. um and he's a really nice guy as well. But I, 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 I'm hoping that Dan will do another 2000 AD character that's not Dread, just to let him spread his wings and show yeah. us what he department can K, Was it Department K he did last year as well, with a, oh, yeah. which is a, which is Dan, which is Dan Abnett's work, I think. So apologies if I'm getting my my, my writers and my artists, but I'm sure Dan drew for Dan Abnett, which is perfect, I think. But yeah, Dan, no, Dan's great. He's um, I mean, it's Steve Austin is another one, um, say a newish one, but his his work again is fantastic. But 2008 has always been the place to find new British artists. That's it. That is it. Um, Ed Andy Hayes is asking you which artist inspired you when growing up. So oh. which artist? Uh, all the classic 2008 artists: Bolland, McMahon, Gibbons, Mascara, all of those. Mm. You know, classic. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yep. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Well, what, what year is that? I think I'm trying to work out. I've got that one. 82. Um, I picked one. That one. That's, a, that's, a, that's a classic. It's really good. Yep. So you year after I was born? Um, I was seeing a... Um, I, was, I was speaking to Dave Pugh recently um, because I've got a friend that works for Warlord Games. Who um, in Nottingham? Who do they? They do the Judge Dread miniature game, and um, they've just released a slain set of like miniature war game figures oh. based on their main comic, and uh, it's uh, it's Dave Pugh's it's Dave Pugh's slain from like eighty three, I think. So um, I, I mentioned um, he's like over the moon, and then quite annoyed that nobody mentioned to him that you know something that he drew thirty seven years ago or 35 years ago has been used as like the frame for a uh, for this war game and he's like all right <laughs> um but yeah um and even gibbons what what a, what, a, what an artist um, yeah gibbons was fantastic um considering the time he was doing it from the beginning um for me i've always amazed at his work on harlem heroes yeah uh, the detail in the, the whole thing and the characters and everything you know so many stuff there but then was quite rough um and his, his his lines were so clean and when he took over dan dare as well yeah dave gibbons an absolute legend oh well, you <laughs> just showed off your annuals now what, what year is that 84 1984. Oh, there you are oh of course i oh it's beautiful man good stuff as as, as, as covers go the the 2080 annuals are really simple but really really effective as well and that you're um and you know what you're getting and i think that's quite a that's awesome um while we're sort of throwing out um 
So we'll, I, we'll, we'll, we'll come back and chat um, chat about the Sentinel before we come off here, if that's all right, guys. But um, we ask before we go on, um, we ask before we, where we go on here, if you if our guests want to be part of our comics conversations and what we've been reading this week and what we've been up to, and you both threw up loads of comics as we said that. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, will we, will, we, will we move on and chat about like kind of what what we're what we're interested in as consumers and, and what we're reading this week? What have you been reading this week? That's what um that's what we yeah. normally. Talk about. Well, what, have you read anything this week? If if not, what would you recommend to the people listening that you guys read? Um, guess first. Shall we go away? Who wants to go first? Ed or Alan? Yeah, which one? Go, like, go for it. Ed. Uh, I've been I've been collecting this comic, uh, Cinecrypt by uh, Ash Redburn. Uh, it's uh, just it's always on Kickstarter, so it's kind of a Kickstarter exclusive. But the artwork is very um, reminds me of the picture strips in Eagle. That kind of style. Oh, nice. Uh, based oh, on uh, kind of 60s horror, and 70s yeah, yeah. horror kind of schlock type movies, you know? That's beautiful, man. I mean, that is, that is so realistic looking. It's insane. Who's the artist for that? Um, Ash Redburn. He doesn't draw it though. He right, manipulated. Yeah, so it's all it's um, it's photographs, photographs. Uh, digitally manipulated. Yeah. yeah. What, what he does is he takes old horror films that are out of the public domain or in the public domain, uh, films that no one, well, not many people will know. He's a big horror fan. He then manipulates the images to turn them into this, which looks beautiful. And obviously, he yeah. tries to tell that story within a few a few chapters or a few three or four issues. And it looks like Christopher Lee. Good. So That's yeah, amazing. Amazing. Really yeah. Like Christopher Lee. Yeah, there's Vincent Price in the latest issue. <laughs> I think yeah, that I really enjoy it. I like That's... the I like that the introduction to the story is like a. It looks like it looks like a, a poster from a, mm. a an old movie as well where the. Mm-hmm. Where, the, where the credits, you know, the credit titles almost being like that on a on an old movie, but it's just that's really cool. Um, that's such an interesting idea. And uh, I've read one kind of book where that was the case. I can't remember the name of it right enough, and it was a, a murder kind of a thing. Um, but that's such a, an interesting um, idea as well. You know, for someone who's not an artist who has got something, uh, has got something to tell, doing that, use, using that as a as a as a as a, as a kind of. A, 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 a platform, if you like, or using that as a kind of idea to, to get your, your images out there. That's awesome. I like it. Very interesting indeed. Good yeah, idea. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. so we, we both just, we're just fans. Uh, we've given them the um, the back cover of our current issue to advertise Cinecrypt on. We, we, we do like to give people a free back cover if they're doing something we like. Cool. <laughs> so they yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, yeah. It's well worth picking up. Have you got something else you wish? Um, yeah, uh, recently I've been uh, reading um, Daredevil, Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil, uh, and I've, I, I hadn't read any, so I got the every volume of it, and I just shot shot along with it. It's um, Daredevil. Apparently, I haven't read it for quite a few years, and he used to be the mayor of New York for a very short time. He got hit by a truck. The Kingpin's now the mayor. So all this mad stuff, but you can catch up on it quite easily. But Chips has asked you, who I'm not a fan of otherwise, I just don't know, 
absolutely wonderful. I've really, really enjoyed reading the whole thing. And it's now finished, or it's leading into as well, uh, Lady Daredevil, where Electra is now Daredevil. There's been a couple of issues. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, you know, why not? But it's, just, I just, so if, I don't read a lot of Marvel, but that one, I just saw, thought I'll try a few issues or try the first graphic novel. I was like, right, yeah, okay, I need to read the rest now. So I've been reading all of those. The Daredevil stuff's been brilliant, man. I'm a, I'm a massive fan anyway. Um, sorry, I, I've taken the opportunity to show off my tattoo while we're, uh, while we're talking here, though. What the hell is oh, happening here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for folks for for listening in headphones, Jeff is standing in his kitchen now. There we yeah. are. That's yeah. our CD. Big Matt Murdoch fan as well. The man himself. Oh, a legend. That did that. That was a uh, oh sorry, dreads up with an eagle. Oh, there you go. Nice, nice, nice. Um, uh, the the was really interesting. He, he, he took over. Is it Heimdall? Is it who's the guy with the big sword that? In... Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Heimdall, yeah. Heimdall. He he took over his role for a wee while in the comics. Recently, he was the they were calling him the um the god without fear, which was really smart. And I was like, yeah. At least it's not space punisher. <laughs> Um, I mean, also, it's like a recent cosmic um, trader, isn't it? Yeah, is that what Space yeah, Punisher is? Yeah. Yeah. A massive um, hardcover graphic novel thing with the with all of the Stanley, Steve Ditko, Spider Man's in the Ultimate Omnibus type thing. So I've been reading through those. Oh, uh, I've also got all eight astronauts to go through. I bought the Omnibus of that, but I haven't had time to read it yet. Uh, so yeah, obviously in the shop, I I can read as many comics as I want, but I haven't got time. I'm like, in the back room, I've got a, a bookshelf stuffed with ones I haven't got, had time to get through to yet. Uh, I've currently got the Batman Earth One as well, which I've recently read. The uh, Michael Straczynski series. Those are really good. Mm. That's Mark asking, isn't that uh, your... <laughs> Nice one, Mark. <laughs> yeah. I, um, can I read my... Can I... I, I chat about my podcast just because I'm, I'm really excited to talk about it. Former, former guest of the podcast, um, I went to Dundee Comic Con last year, put on uh, last year, last Saturday, sorry, put on by the big Glasgow comic page. Um, mad event, something like um, he, he, um, was, Ian had to put on the event for an hour. I think it, it ran for an hour longer than advertised because so many people were queuing and he was really struggling to get folk in. Reckon um, sold 1,200 tickets before the event started. And then wow. was was accept, was accepting walk-ins as well, but um, a really interesting event. It was only a couple of quid to get in, and you were maybe spending about an hour there by the time you did all the tables and took part in any of the festivities you had booked. So, though these tickets had been booked, they were they they they'd worked out that they could you know as long as people were they could bring people in as people left, um, yeah. and the queue was massive for the whole way through. And yeah. I, I don't think they wanted to disappoint anybody. And everybody I know went wasn't disappointed even a lot of the vet i spoke to michael felt one of the vendors and he was really really happy with the way it went as well and i think folk were just really excited to see a comic-con again and um obviously it was in dundee which is a big comic city so i was able to go for a wee wander around the city and um, there as well I went to the mcmanus um got to sit with our willy got to have my wee i get the photo um colin got his photograph with um um big um desperate dan on a on the high street it was just really, really smart to be in Dundee. And then we went to Big Dog Comics in Dundee because former guest of the podcast, Drew Marr, was, um, had the table there. 
So we went to see that. And so I have been reading The Rehabilitation of Dr. I by Drew Marr. Um, issues seven and in what I think is a really funky little gimmick, also issue eight. So mm. uh, really, really smart. Uh, Intriguing, really intriguing espionage story using a really interesting color palette of black and whites and then like shades of brown um drew is just the coolest guy and uh, he's only like 15 <laughs> and uh, I'm on, he's on like issue 11 now and i think he's he, a guest at, uh, i think he's due to be a guest at lawless this year i might have made that up but um i've seen him popping up and down I'm not too sure if he's going to be a guest right now. I don't, I don't really know, but I've seen that. This is the, you're the first that's actually I've spoken about. You're, you're the first person to speak about him. That I, um, I've only ever seen him on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. I've always wanted to yeah. know more about him. So he might be in the dealer's room rather than guest. I don't know because I yeah. don't remember his name on the guest list, but I don't know who's actually built got tables in the dealer room. So he may have done that. Yeah. I sort of I, I I spoke to I spoke to his mum very briefly and I think she said something about Lawless. But um, uh, I was just so odd to be in uh, to be uh, we we interviewed Drew a couple of years ago, a fan of his work, and just to be and he's such a he's such a cool dude to be able just to like go and chat to him in Big Dog Comics very well. And um there was uh, yeah, and just that's a nice wee shop. If anyone's in Dundee, you need to go to Big Dog Comics. Um but yeah, really, really enjoying it. Really um reminded me of like trying um like I, I forget that I enjoy comics that are you know maybe not super hero orientated or, or or overly full of action, but just kind of um, espionage and kind of double crossing and trying to work out um, the, the the main character who um, I'm, I'm, I, I I did just jump into issue seven because Drew said he reckoned it was his best writing, uh, so I grabbed it first. But the the main character um, is off to see his um, let me see if I can get names. Should have written down so uh, Harrison, who's the main character, goes to see one of his um, old university friends, um, Doctor Patterson, and um, but there's there's loads of folk with loads of different um, um, loads of different agendas, and um, th there becomes a very weird, very scary uh, gunfight very very quickly. And I just um like I, I walk I through issue seven and eight super super quickly, a bit like what you were saying, Alan, where you're like. Um, you know, you sit, you've got 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, and then you, and you want more, but you get, you know, you read it really quickly. And it's just total breeze and pace, loving the artwork, loving the, just loving the the pace of the story. And uh, anybody that's not checking out Goldline Comics and Drew Marr, and particularly the rehabilitation of Dr. I story, you really need to give it a go because it's um. Jeff, did you say he's 12 years old? No, 15, I think. 15. 15. Uh, yeah. I've been doing it for a few years now, mind. So he would have been at least 12. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to tell at some point, probably earlier, uh, closer than we have been. But uh, no, we, we had we had them on the podcast during lockdown, and uh, uh, just just a really good um, and inspiring. Imagine you're 15, 15 years old and, and and being in that position already. I mean, that's just respect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there is another one to recommend. Actually, I'll just go and get it. Oh, brilliant! Cool. Well, jump onto mine then. Is that okay? Please do, David. Um, so I've read a couple of wee things this week. Um, I managed to pick up a couple of uh, cheap comics from a, a, a group chat that I'm in. Um, and it's uh, two ones I got just now. I'm just going to give a couple of shout-outs to uh, Maze Box. Yeah, anyone heard of this, Maze Box? 
No. No. Nope. Really good. So this is just the Dark Horse Comics. Um, this was issues four and five, which were the last kind of two issues of the, of the whole thing. And it's just really good. It basically kicks off in issue four where he's just, this guy goes in a maze. Um, and it's obviously a maze within his mind. And he's mourning the loss of his, um, his daughter who's died of an illness previously. And it's just really good. It's quite mind-binding, quite... Um, it's just it's, it's, it's good the way that, that he's he's lost and he's trying to be found and he's wandering through a maze and it's just quite good how they put that together. I uh, got that for like a quid, pretty good. Um, another comic podcast I listened to regular gave a review of a book that has been mentioned on this podcast all of last year by one of our other hosts. And I'm not like, going to talk about Rover Red Charlie again, are you? No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm, 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 maybe I've got this wrong. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. Oh. Oh, no, just no, come and get I was in the pub with him on Sunday, and I'm due to be in the pub with him this Sunday, and he will have my balls. But absolutely, Andrew has talked about nothing but stray dogs last year. Um, what a fantastic Andrew, Alan, Andrew's like yourself. He's also got a comic book shop. He's off tonight. Um, he's got a comic book shop. And all last year, he has been banging on about this book, Stray Dogs, Stray Dogs, Stray Dogs. And um, it's finally been completed, so I picked up that. I'm more of a trade kind of guy or a graphic novel kind of guy than picking up single issues. Um, and it's great. Yeah. Is it not really good? Does it take 101 Dalmatians meet Silence of the Lambs? I just love how the artwork is very much, it's like almost you're, you're, you're reading something from Disney. You know, yeah. that's what it's like. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Lady in the Tramp and stuff, and then there's this dark, horrible thing going on in the background, mm. and it's just—I I just thought it was really, really good. Uh, so yeah, very emotional. Anyone who's been watching the podcast over last year, uh, you know fine well that Andrew has been going on and on about this, and I would just like to second it and say, Stray Dogs, very, very good. Pick it up. I think I got oh, this from oh, the Traveling Man. I think, I think it was like twelve quid, maybe something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, really good. Probably a ten on Amazon. I I just get drunk actually to be honest, uh, which is why I'm staying on the off the booze and I just started ordering hundreds of comic books and it was literally just the first, <laughs> <laughs> the first sight I went to. Like, I'm fucking just getting this. Um, but another thing that I picked up as well was um, I got this for two quid as well, which is a fucking steal. Uh, which is jo the reason I got it was because um, it's Jock, mm -hmm. and he is the writer and the artist for this, and it's One Dark Night. In the second issue, I ordered the second issue, which is out in February 23rd, before I even read this, because I didn't actually know what I was getting. It was on a group chat that I'm in, the guy was selling it for £2, and I was like, I'll grab it. Um, and basically, it's almost... So, Batman, it's, it's just, it was just released last year. The second issue is out in, 20, in the 23rd of February. The um, the, the, police, the, the, the dry gate... Oh, I can't remember the name of the prison now. They're transporting EMP from one side of Gotham to the other in probably one of the hottest days of the year. And, of course, it all goes tits up. Uh, and Batman eventually has to trail EMP through the streets of Gotham City um, while everybody is trying to kill EMP. Um, so, so far, it's really, really good. Uh, I'm, my, the artwork, is, like I say, it's by Jock. You, you can't go wrong when you've got a, a, a something drawn by Jock. Um, just to give you a kind of idea of what's going on here um are you going to jump me up here jeff i don't know if you are or not. oh yeah sorry man that was a no no so you don't have to if you don't want to i'll just find you where well, I, um, sorry. I mean 
Jock is just he's just a, one of these artists that is just phenomenal, you know. So I mean, this it's, it's not the biggest of books. Um, but it's just it's just good fun, and I, see, I rattled through it really, really quickly. So yeah, I would give this a wee shot. That's pretty much all I've got to see. Jeff, well, so there's a there's my beer can that uh, has art hmm. by Chuck. Um, <laughs> so he did a he did a thought bubble 2080 rebellion um, a collaboration, and it was a really nice beer as well. Um, it was good, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's cool to have. Th- to have such a influential artist have art on your beer is <laughs> pretty smart. Um, awesome. Uh, I noticed that our comments feed's going to be required, which is really surprising because there's still loads of folk there. So if anyone's got any other, um, if anyone's got any other suggestions before we before we kind of start to wrap things up, that would be amazing. Um, I wanted to talk very briefly, and, and I'm glad that you guys are here as well because obviously. Um, this is, you know, this is quite a big thing. I'm, I'm kind of sad. Um, hopefully we'll we'll talk about this a wee bit more when we've got Colin and and Andrew with us as well but last last week and the last couple of weeks we've been sort of like we've been taking five ten minutes to sort of remember folk that we maybe have lost in comics and and last week obviously last week we had that we had a number of folk but then in the week that we've run up um, we've lost one of the sort of the greats in in, in comic art this week and a as I say, I'm really sad Colin's not here because as, as as well as somebody that we all respected and really and really um looked up to, he was actually a friend of Colin's um, and that um, Ian Kennedy, um 2000 AD artist, Dan Dare artist, um Commando Comics cover oh, artist. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you, you you name it, he's done work on it. Um yeah, I uh, had a really surreal moment myself where uh, when we were at Dundee last week, the guys at Com- the guys at the Commando Comics, uh, the guys at the DC Thompson store were really grateful to give me. They gave me and Colin uh, some Commando Comics. Let's see if I can get there. My, my Commando Comic uh, calendar, which is beautiful, and uh, Ian just happened to be this in February as well. So um, I was standing with I was standing with Claire, my wife, and I was like, "Oh, the guy that drew that picture passed away today," and um, it was quite sad. Um, just one of the greats. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. I don't know if I met him. I him calling with good friends with him. So, yeah. He's a shame. Yeah, the, the Starblaze Red Hell up earlier, that was an Ian Kennedy cover. Yeah. A lot yeah. of stars as one as Commander. And um, that picture. Yeah. And like Andy Hayes says, uh, his Dan Dale was brilliant. He did do a lot of strip art, but when he did, it was always superb. Yeah. Just, and also, <laughs> I, just, I just kind of um, wanted to. I was going to point on that. Like from, I, I, I unfortunately was never able to meet him. I had, I had an opportunity to meet him a couple of times last year, and just like ships in the wind. But my understanding from speaking to the guys at uh, my local comic book shop. And obviously speaking to Colin. So speaking to the guys at the little shop of heroes, speaking to Colin. And then here from everyone else, anyone that met him will, will tell you the same thing. And it was just that uh, Ian Kennedy was a very funny, very um, very kind, but just a really awesome human. Like, charming. Just, he was you know, really just, a really charming man. Yeah. I met him I met him at uh, Inniskillen Comic Fest back in 2019. 
and uh, just he's not it was an absolute gent yeah pleasure yeah. to talk to um, yeah that's a athol um so that was a neil saying uh, r.i.p ian kennedy and um, athol saying ian kennedy was a lovely man and in the inspiration always had time for everybody very free to give advice um, he bought his art book today. I imagine lots of people will be buying his art. His art books um, is, is stunning. Um, he met him in Aberdeen and messaged him on Facebook and a phone call once. He'll be sadly missed. Absolutely. Um, as I say, anybody that, anybody that knew him or anyone that had the chance to meet him, uh, Facebook Facebook was a, Facebook was just a wash of really beautiful... It really was. And really lovely tributes to, like, to a really good man. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, cheers, man. Okay, let's cheer, cheers, Ian. Let's all raise a wee glass to Ian. Yes, respect, okay. please. Um, so, let's all leave on a, on, a, on a sad note. Um, we before we sign off, everyone, uh, uh, Alan and Ed, where can we find you? We know the Kickstarter is uh, live. The link will be in the comments, I'm assuming, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, so I'll, I'll put it in again, though. Yeah, but cool. it is there. Yeah. Um, where where can we where can everybody watching um, find you guys so they know where to get the Sentinel uh, comic from? What's the best social media page to go to? Um, the best social media is uh, Facebook under the Sentinel comic because Sentinel was already taken. <laughs> um, we're also on Twitter as well. Uh, Sentinel comic on Twitter as well. Uh, Sentinel at UK comic is. So either one, if you want to take a look, uh, send us a message and we'll go from there. Um, Good stuff. And if you click the uh, Kickstarter link, the first stages of the new issue are on the Kickstarter to give you a flavour of uh, what it's going to be like. But you will be wondering who is Mr. Please read my books will probably realise you know what Mr. Fuffles is. Where will we see you guys this year? Obviously, Comic Cons have opened back up again and things like that. Um, what, have you guys got anything booked where anybody that actually wants to come and get stuff signed or come and see you and high five you? We'll be, we'll be at uh, Lawless, Jeff. That's where we'll be. Yeah. Cool. There is a Bristol Comic Con, I think it's the week before I get to as well. It's nice way you can just us, <laughs> just go down the road. Yeah, if they come up and we can make it, we'll do it. Well, Fair play. Okay, well, yeah, keep it. Keep it. Well, this is going to be amazing. Um, I think uh, everybody that everybody I know that's going is super duper excited about Lawless. Um, yeah, just uh, well, I mean, we've been the we've fifth this year as well uh, of of two thousand eight. It's a big year for the for the convention, I think. Anyway, mm-hmm. and um, um, I mean, I got to meet um, I got to meet a uh, um. I've got to, uh, I'm, I'm got to, I'm not going, to be honest. I know Colin's going down, and Colin's really, really excited. I know he, um, um, so hopefully he'll catch up with you there as well, which is good. Um, oh, Colin's, yeah, Colin's. signing this year with Brian Bolland. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Nice, thank you. It's just and shipping him off to Ireland with him. Because uh, Brian Bolland is, uh, we didn't get him at all. It's, uh, all of our artists, uh, is it just me as Alan kind of breaking up a little bit? Yeah, I thought it was me because it's usually just me that cuts out. Apologies, Alan. Um, right. Sorry, Alan, you kind of broken up a little bit there, pal. I apologize about that. 
Yeah, what we do is just before we go, because um, we've mentioned lots a few times. Um, obviously, please check out the Sentinel in the post um, in the um, in the comments if you want to check it because they're uh, yeah fully funded with uh, ages ago. So and and a proven track record. Sometimes I've backed up. There's nothing worse than backing a comic where you uh, you back it and then you, you hear from the creator later on, or it doesn't make it. But you guys, you guys have a proven track record. Um, so yeah, the 28th and the 29th, 2022 is Lost Comic Con. Um, um, supporting the camp uh, in aid of the campaign against living miserably. Let me see if I can bring up. Here we go. Um, tickets are on sale. The guest list. Here we are. Uh, just because it's there. Please watch this. And they're wondering, should I go to Lawless? Lawless. Smallest And I've been to the last few, and it's it's absolutely wonderful. Um, it's a lot of artists, and you know, you sketch and the, it's mostly 2018 related but I'm on the other 2018 and everyone's always a really friendly and good um good panels as well so not much just go there for everybody else so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna before before we go um just because I can see your name on the list um yeah a fantastic you know Stephen Manis is there uh Stephen Mass is going to be there, a former guest of the podcast, and just a former um, former editor of 2008, former Tharg, uh, John Wagner, who we've 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 wa we've la we've waxed waxed lyrical. Oh my goodness, this is what I'm talking about. That ever in 15 minutes, eh? we're, we're, we're hitting crisis point. Um, obviously, Mick McMahon, uh, Brian Bullard, Blue Stringer, Jock, who we've just talked about, uh, Dan Cornwall, um, and I could just read this list off. I had the pleasure of getting to spend a little bit of time with Anna Morozova um, on Saturday. She was a, she was she signed my 2000 AD, but also I'm going to get what she, she just gave me this thing. I'm going to show you because it's amazing. So, David, talk. <laughs> Fucking hell! Uh, we've literally pretty much talked, um, spoke about tonight. Everybody that's on that guest list, which is absolutely amazing. Um, that that does look absolutely like a like a fantastic guest list. Uh, that would be a good good show to go to. I did check it out. It is very far away from where I am, unfortunately. So I don't think I will be missing well, it. Colin's flying down. Colin's flying. Uh, he's got a flight from Edinburgh, I think, to Bristol, and he's got two days there. Nice. I think he's I think he's helping that one of the tables, but I'm not sure. Yeah, so I got my 2008 summer special, so a sci-fi special signed by uh, Anna, um, and she's she's a so she um, she wrote the Judge Anderson. So she drew the Judge Anderson in here. Um, she yeah. did a great job. I'll I'll chat to her. And um, she gave me this. How cool is that? Wow, oh, very nice. Mm, so this was just like, um, she was she yeah. was selling these prints, and she was just like, "Yeah." And I was like, "I really liked your story. I really liked your artwork." She's like, "Yep, here you go then." <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and Colm was chatting to her about Lawless, and she's like, oh, "I'm really looking forward to it." Again, she was saying, "But it being the forty fifth, um." 45th anniversary of 2008 this year it's going to be um uh, it's going to be it's going to be quite big i think it's quite a big festival if you're if you're um, a 2008 fan but certainly i think this year is going to be bigger than normal and obviously it's the first one since it's the first proper one um since covid as well so yeah yeah in uh, oh um mark saying that you think jock had to pull out that's a shame uh, that is, he normally does the um, art, art off, the draw off. Yeah. Fast, I can't. <laughs> okay. 
And then uh, we've got uh, Solomon saying that he loves Clit Langley. It's good. Well, it's there, there, there's, there's, yeah. Um, what I love about it, you can look at it and you're like, actually, if you, if you, if you love 2008 either past, present, you know, there's, there's somebody there for you that you, you, you would love to speak to. Obviously, um, Dan's going to be there. Yeah, Dan Cornwall's going to be there. At, um, um, that we've been talking about as well. And then Andy Hayes. Even is more important, uh, Andy Hayes is going to be there. Andy Hayes is going to be there. Looking forward to seeing yeah. you, Andy. That's what I'm looking forward to. Seeing. A few times as well on Facebook and stuff. So uh, yeah, we killed. Cool. But awesome, guys! Thank you so much for joining us. It's been lovely to have it's you. To have you with us. Um, uh, and um, we look to, we look forward to actually bumping into you in the flesh. I know I'm jealous that Colin's going to meet you guys in a couple of months, but hopefully we'll get to meet you guys as well um, at some point. Very yeah, oh, then we'll see you there because we hopefully. <laughs> Um, we, we, we filled out, well, I say we, I, I use the royal we. Colin filled in our, our, our uh, football application this week as well. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We're going to be there as punters at the very least, but we would hopefully be table mates with you guys. See you at some point. Fantastic. Amazing. Cool. Hey, guys, thank, thank you. you uh, join us next week. Um, I, we have a guest. Their, their name's written on my calendar. I, I can lean over and tell you who we've got. Give me a second. Uh, how could I forget? I actually, I apologise. Next week we've got um, we've got a, we've got a um, we've got a writer who has um, done everything. But um, uh, most recently, I I picked up uh, AWA's Red Border, and uh, it's a fantastic comic that everyone should check out. I think you can get there if you go to AWA website, you'll be able to get there. Uh, you'll be able to get really yeah. Also, we had a we had a John Lee's um, John Lee's on the podcast before, and he writes for AWA. My understanding is that the AWA is, if, if I'm right, has been made up of sort of disgruntled Marvel employees. Who's but, the guest for the Jeff? We've got a, we've got Jason Starr, who is a American author, comic book writer, and screenwriter from New York City. Is the nice. who's going to, so um, he's going to come and join us and talk to us about everything he's been doing. Um, Andy. Awesome. Really, really excited to meet him. Cool. So, uh, yeah. Join us next week, guys. Um, thank you to the Sentinel team for joining us. It's been lovely. Thanks, and, uh, and we'll see you. And yeah, we'll see everyone soon. Bye. Cheers.